morning, afternoon, or evening for wherever you may be joining us from today. Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. a God that's able. In my message today, it wasn't planned this way, but goes along with this song. There's some victories we need to have, and for some of us, we need to go after those victories. Amen? I want to thank the team for leading us into worship. Thank you so much. I appreciate all that you do to help us enter into the presence of God on a weekly basis. I look forward to what God's going to do. It's exciting that we're moving to another phase this coming week. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. I keep saying that bright light at the end of this long tunnel is looking brighter. It's starting to glare in my eyes. And I am okay with that. (laughs) Praise God. It's, It's good. I need a haircut. I just went like this and I realized my hair is long. It's been a long time. I let my wife for the first time in my life do some stuff to my hair a few weeks ago. And she did a fabulous job. However, she's ready to try it again. And I'm not really sure I'm wanting that again. I think I'm ready to go back to find my barber. And uh, I just need to get there. Um, We're going to turn in our Bibles today to 1 Samuel chapter 30. I'm going to read the Word of God from the New King James Version today. It'll be on the screen as well. Read a couple of verses, verses 1 through 8, and then we'll jump down a little bit further in that chapter to verse 18 and 19. I believe God's got a word for our church today. Amen? How many are ready to receive the word of God today? The Bible says in 1 Samuel 30 and 1, Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziglag, on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south in Ziglag, attacked Ziglag, and burned it with fire, and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire, their wives, their sons, their daughters, had been taken captive. What, what a thing to come back to. You're off doing the, the nation's business and you're doing the, the will of God for that nation and taking new territory and you come back to your house, your houses, and you find that the enemy has come in and the enemy has taken a lot of things of value. I believe that there's some people here today, and I'll get into this a little bit later, but there's The enemy has taken some things from us. And what are we going to do about it? Verse 4 says, Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Talk about passion. Talk about like just, just anguish of soul. And David's two wives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Now that's a message all in itself. 
You know what? When everything is going wrong, when everything is going bad, when everything is against you, you have the ability to strengthen yourself in the Lord. That's not my message today, but that's a great message right there. Verse 7 says, Then David said to Abithiar the priest, Ahimelech's son. We talked about this guy last week. Please bring the ephod here to me. Did we talk about ephods last week? We did. And Abithiar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue the troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue. Someone say pursue. For you shall overtake them. Someone say overtake them. And without fail, recover all. Someone say recover all. Jumping down to verse 18, the word of God says, So David recovered all. Someone say all. David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. David rescued his two wives. And nothing of theirs was lacking. They they got everything back. It says, both great and small, sons and daughters, spoil or anything which had been taken from them, David recovered. Excuse me? David recovered all. We're going to talk for a few minutes today. Recovering all, or recover all. It's time for us, some of us, to go after some things in the Spirit and take back what the enemy has tried to take from us. Amen? If you believe that, clap your hands to the Lord. Say, I receive it. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that the people of God that would hear this word today, God, they would receive it. And not just understand it, not just hear the words, but take it to action. Make it a part of their life, God. Let them be passionate about, God, recovering the things that the enemy has tried to steal. God, I declare you're going to do great things in this house today. I declare some people are going to get some things back today in the name of Jesus. Someone said, in the name of Jesus. God bless you as you are seated. Recovering all. You know, all of us have lost some things from time to time. We've lost some things of value. We've lost some things that that can be replaced. I was, in fact, as I was preparing this message, I was talking to Pastor Ray just last week about an incident in his life, and I thought this was an appropriate thing to let us know about. Pastor Ray got married to Sister Caitlin 10 plus years ago, right? 10? 11 years ago. And at their wedding, I was not there. I was still living in the USA. They exchanged rings, and they were on their honeymoon somewhere in the Caribbean, I believe, or somewhere, islands. And Ray decides he's going to go surfing and learn how to surf. He's out surfing. He he told me the story just just out of the blue. And, And he's out surfing, and in the middle of the surfing experience, like the waves were coming and he's trying to learn this thing and he felt his wedding ring leaving his hand. And he said, I gr- tried to grab for it, but it was gone, just like that. 
Pastor Ray, on his honeymoon, lost his wedding ring learning how to surf. Now, I'm sure that was not a a fun conversation coming back and telling Caitlin what just happened. Sad, but it's not all that bad in the big scheme of things. He wears another one. Maybe it's even better than the first one. I don't know. But, But sometimes we lose some things, and it's not that big of a deal. I'm sure at the moment, it was a big deal. But in life, not that big of a deal. But there are some things that we lose or could lose that are significant. I remember as as a young parent going shopping with our kids, and I remember not realizing what is going on. The kids in these stores, they get bored, you know? They're like... It's time to go, but they're, they're not really telling you that. They're, just, they're playing around, and they're playing around. And all of a sudden, one of them's in the missing. And, and you know, bottom line is they, they found a place to hide in the center of the cart or the, the rack of clothes, and they're quiet because they, they know it's a hide-and-seek, but they didn't tell us they were playing hide-and-seek. And, and, you know, for, for just that moment, your child's not there, and panic sets in. Now, that's something of value. I've heard of the stories where where kids at their house decide they're going to go hide somewhere and not tell anybody they're playing the game and fall asleep. And I, I mean, the whole community becomes concerned and they're looking for this child. And eventually, hours later, the child stumbles out of some closet somewhere or under the bed somewhere. They didn't even think to go there and look because the child was playing hide and seek and fell asleep. But, but there, there's probably something that is probably the worst thing that could happen to any family is, is to actually have a child abducted and taken. It happens. And, and I don't think there's a scarier sound than to hear that amber alert go off, especially if it's not at a daylight time. Let, let, let's... Do you ever hear that sound? That, that sound to me is, is just a sound that just, just instantly creates a fear in your heart. And I'm grateful for the system. I'm grateful for the amber alert that is, is in place. They say that I was doing some reading this week and how that, that there's a, a whole lot of children that are got back to their parents because of the Amber Alerts. It's it's the the way that they alert the public in general, hoping that the public will be the eyes and the ears in the community, in, in the province, to be watching for a vehicle or a child. At that moment, the only thing that matters to the parents The only thing that matters to the parents is the recovering of that child unharmed back home in their house in their mother or father's arms. Recovering all. David and his men returned to Ziglag. And when they got there, wives, children, spoil, their goods, all of their stuff was gone. It was totally taken. 
And the only thing on their mind was, let's get this stuff back. We have got to recover all. I am so glad to tell you today, Life Church, that we serve a God that is in the recovery business. We serve a God that is all about the lost coming back home. There's an entire book, of, a chapter in the Bible, Luke chapter 15. It's all about the lost coin. It's all about the lost sheep. It's all about the lost son getting back and being found at Father's house. God is in the business of recovering all. There's some things we must understand today about recovering what's been taken from us spiritually. You know, we have to understand who we are. We have to understand the authority that God has given us in the Spirit. A couple of points here. Dominion, spiritual dominion, has been given to man by God. Say, I have dominion. Say, I have authority. God has given man some authority, some dominion. You say, what is dominion? Well, dominion is really that we, we rule over some things. We reign over some things. We have authority and power over some things. And the Bible gives us some great verses that help us understand that God has given us dominion. Genesis chapter 1 and 26 Then God says, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let, talking about man, women, man in general, all of us humans, let them have dominion. Someone say dominion. Over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. I am grateful today that God, at the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1, he says man, women, humanity has dominion. Say, I have dominion. Psalm chapter 8 and verse 6 lets us know, you have made him, talking about man, to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. Not just a few things, but all things are put under our feet. When God told us to have dominion, it was more than just having control over a few animals. Amen? It was more than just having control over some environmental things. There's some things in the Spirit that God has plans for us that we have all things under our feet. We have authority. We have power that's been given by God. We have authority and power over ourselves. We have authority and power over the enemy. We have authority and power over sin and sickness. We have been given authority today. We have been given dominion today. Hallelujah. However, my next point is not so powerful. This dominion was lost by Adam and Eve in the garden when they disobeyed the word of God. You know, sin separates us from God. Sin has the ability to to cause walls to come up. And man no longer had the power and the authority that he had been rightfully deserved because Satan had come in and the devil had done a great job of stealing some things from man. You know, the devil will take anything he can get his hands on if you leave it unguarded. 
The devil will come in and he will steal from you. He will take your joy. He will take your peace. He will take your kids. He will take all kinds of things from you if you're unguarded and allow him to do that. The Bible lets us know about the enemy, John 10 and 10. The thief does not come except he's got three things to do. He's coming to steal from you. He's coming to kill your kids and your family and your marriage. He's coming to destroy things in your life. But Jesus has come that we might have life and have that more abundantly. I'm so grateful I am serving Jesus Christ today. I'm serving the one that's got life for me. And not just life in the eternal life, but I can have abundant life today. Hallelujah. However, the devil is pretty good at convincing us sometimes and causing us to believe the fact that we no longer have any authority or any dominion. And that's no longer for something for us to have today. Many times we just say, okay, I have no authority. I have no dominion. And we allow the devil to come right into our lives and our families and our homes and have free reign. It's not the will of God. We just let him come in and take whatever he wants. Because I'm telling you, church, we know this, you know this, but we are in a spiritual fight. We, we are in a fight with the enemy of our soul. And he has nothing good for you. you. It might look good, it might smell good, it might be attractive to your flesh, but he's got no good for your life. Nothing is good that he's going to present. Because his purpose is not to make you happy. His purpose is not to make you have a good life. He might make it look like it's going to be good. He might make it look appealing. He might make it look wonderful. But on the flip side, his only purpose is to kill, to steal, and to destroy what God has planned for your life. I want to declare today to someone, God's got some great plans for your life. I'm telling you today, don't let the devil get a little edge into your family, into your life, into your heart. Because he's going to flip the script on you before too long. People that follow the devil and follow his ways and follow their sinful flesh. I'm telling you, it looks so good. But the end of that is pain and suffering and devastation. This is not in my notes, but it just came to my mind. This week I was on Facebook and I was looking at, it's my way of staying connected to people down where I'm from. And I I saw one of the um, friends of mine, an elder friend of mine, in her 80s, and she put on the Facebook that her daughter had passed, sorry, her granddaughter had passed at 30-some years old. I thought, hmm. I, had, I didn't even know the, the granddaughter except for when she was a little, little girl. And I, I got thinking back to the daughter who I knew very well, probably eight years older than myself in my youth group, much older, you know, and, 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 and there, and she marries a, a person who's a great young man, Bible school student, they become pastors of a church in New Brunswick. This is like like the typical Pentecostal apostolic family. And and they they pastor this church and they have a couple of kids. And and, and here we are, 35, whatever years later, and, and we're seeing this death notice. Well, the picture that I saw was not a pretty picture. It, it didn't look like, and I'm not trying to judge, uh, trust me, I'm trying to paint a picture for you. I'm not trying to judge this girl. But just the look of what the picture was, and I'm sure when you, when you do a death notice, you, you put the best picture that you can find, right? 
It looked like, and I'm just, and I, I know this is being streamed. Jesus, help me. You know, it, it looked like she's had a hard life. I'll just say it that way. And it didn't really say how she died. Um, I'm just feeling like I'm getting myself in hot water here. Anyhow, I'm, I'm going to go for it because I've already got you guys this far in. Bottom line is this. As I read the death notice, the mom and dad, who are the pastors with these girls, are now no longer married and married to other people. This is, I, I haven't been connected with these families for a long time. Married to other people. There's, there's, there's families and step-families and step-brothers and sisters, and, and, and there's like the girl, like she's not married but has several children, and then one of them looked like she had a, 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 a you know, when you put the husband's name there, it wasn't the husband, okay? I'll just say that. I, I'm, I'm just looking at that, and I talked to my family a little bit about it this week. I said, that is just so sad to think that these are people that were brought up in an apostolic environment. These are people that love God with all their heart. And the devil came along with some candy sticks somewhere that looked pretty good. And 35-ish years later, the end of the story is not good. I'm just challenging someone today. We've got to fight for the things of value in our lives. We've got to make sure that the enemy doesn't get his little foot inside of our families and our homes because he would like to tear it apart. His goal is to destroy. His goal is to tear up. His goal is to do whatever he can to steal from you the things and plans God has for your life. We're in a fight today. It's a spiritual fight. Ephesians 6 and 12 says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we're, we're fighting against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what we're fighting against. You mean to say in Canada, in, in, in Ontario, in Burlington, we're dealing with that? Absolutely yes. A few years ago at a men's breakfast, we were over at the, the Holiday Inn for our breakfast, and in the same building at the same time there was a warlock convention going on witches and warlock banquets and and i mean they're there they're dressed the part i mean they've got their capes and garbs they look like they're straight out of the the evil not evil they were yeah out of the evil century i'm thinking what's the word the the medieval that was the word medieval century you know we are dealing with that in burlington there is an enemy. There is an enemy. The Word of God calls this enemy a lot of things. I've got a list here, and I'm going to read this list to you because this is what the Word of God calls our enemy, okay? Lucifer, Satan, the devil, calls him the destroyer, the enemy, the tempter, the serpent, the dragon, the wicked one, the angel of light, the accuser of the brethren, the liar, the antichrist, the adversary the murderer, the roaring lion, the thief, the wicked one, the angel of the bottomless pit, and the son of perdition are just a few of his titles. We're talking about dominion here. Some of the terms associated with the enemy in terms of his dominion. The Bible calls him the God of this age. He's got some dominion right now on this earth. 
The Bible also calls him the prince of this world or the prince and power of the air. And he's been in charge for a long time. He wants to keep it that way. He, he likes his power. He likes his ability to steal from the people of God. He likes his ability to come and destroy godly families and mess up young people that have a heart for God and want to do great things. But the devil will come and the devil will try his best to destroy what God has planned. 1 Peter 5 and 8 says we got to stay alert. we got to watch out for your great enemy. Someone say great enemy. He's not just one of your enemies. He's your great enemy. He's the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion. He's looking for someone to devour. I'm telling you, we got to be careful. we got to understand. We have dominion, but dominion was lost when Adam and Eve disobeyed. But finally, my point here is this. Dominion has been restored through the power of the Spirit. I'm thankful today there's a church here in Burlington that we believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. And through the power of the Holy Ghost, we don't have to put up with the enemy's plans and the enemy's schemes and the enemy's attempts to destroy our families and marriages and kids. Luke 10 and 19, behold, I give you the authority. Someone say authority. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I'm giving you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all, someone say all, all the power of the enemy and nothing, someone say nothing, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Hallelujah. 1 John 4 and 4, the latter part of that verse says, greater is he that is in you. How many have the spirit of God living in your heart? If you've got the Holy Ghost, if you have his spirit down inside, the Bible says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He might have power. He might have dominion over the air. He might have all kinds of power on this earth. But for the child of God that's filled with the Holy Ghost, he doesn't have power over you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Too often we don't understand who we are. Too often we don't understand the authority that we have through the Word of God and through the power of the Spirit. And I'm reminding us today that we have it because if we don't understand who we are, we allow Him to exercise His authority over us when it should be the other way around and we're exercising our authority over Him. Hallelujah. There's some people here today. You've been putting up with the messes that the devil's been bringing way too long. You don't have to live with the mess from the devil because you've got power and you've got authority and you've got dominion and you can, you can do some things in the power of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit can help you to see some things restored that need to be restored today. Let's clap our hands to the Lord and thank Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's time for some of us to stand up. It's time for some of us to get our spiritual backbone and say, I'm not going to let you mess in my family anymore. I'm not going to let you mess with my kids anymore. I'm going to stand up and use my God-given authority because I've been given all power in heaven and earth. I've been given power over all the power of the enemy and nothing is going to come into my life that's going to hurt me and destroy me. Hallelujah. 
How do I recover all? How do I get to that point of getting back the things that the enemy has taken from us? I want you to, before I get into this, I'm almost done. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to think of something in your life. We've been living through 16 months of craziness, COVID and church and no church, and 32 weeks we've been in, in our houses and watching online. I mean, it's just crazy. Even during that period, the devil's tried to take some things from us. Some of you might have some things you can think about right now that you need to recover. The enemy's come in. He's had a little bit of fun doing some playing with your family, with your marriage, with your finances, with your health. I just want you to get something in your mind that you need to recover, that you need to go after today. Amen? Because you have power through the Holy Ghost. You have power through the Spirit. First of all, David had to identify that something of value was lost. 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 3, David and his men came to the city and it was burned with fire. Their wives, their sons, their daughters had been taken captive. They had to identify what was lost. I'm telling someone here today, we got to stop living in denial. We have to stop acting like everything's good. Stop pretending that everything's okay when the devil has taken some things from us. Some of you are lacking your joy. Some of you are lacking your peace. Some of you are lacking just that intimate relationship with God that you once had. It's been taken. It's been snatched from you. It's time to take some things back. Stop living in denial. It's time to admit that something is wrong. You know, the the, the hardest thing when you're dealing with people is to get them to admit they've got a problem. If you're ever a counselor of anybody... If you're dealing with someone and they don't understand, everybody else knows there's a problem, but they don't think there's a problem, save your breath to cool your porch. The devil loves to work with deception. The devil would like to convince you, just accept this loss. The devil would like to convince us that we can live in an unacceptable manner and it's okay. He's all about denial. He's all about deception. I believe today that there are people here that the devil has convinced you in your own mind that everything is A-OK, and you know it's not. Bible is very clear, especially if we're living in sin. We can't live in sin and act like everything's okay. Well, you you can try, but there's a God in heaven. He knows the real deal. You can pull the wool over this pastor's eyes. You can pull the wool over your family's eyes. You can make it look like everything's A-OK. You can lie to yourself and lie to everyone around you. But I'm telling someone here, you can't live in sin and get by. The Bible's very clear that all sinners will have their part in the lake that burns with fire. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and 9 tells us, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not, someone say not, inherit the kingdom of God. Don't be deceived. The devil would like to deceive some people. Don't be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Talk about gray area. There's no gray area in that verse. We live in a gray area society today. Everything is, well, love is love. 
Bible says those that do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. How do you recover all? You have to identify something that was lost, of value. The second thing you got to do is become passionate about recovering everything that's been lost. Verse 4 says, David and the people were with him, lifted up their voices and wept until there was no more power to weep. And verse 8 says, David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, Pursue, for you shall overtake them. And without fail, you're going to recover all. Hallelujah. What has the devil stolen from you? What has the devil taken from you? What, what, are, you, what are you needing God to, to return to your family, your home, your mind, your, your, your life? What is it? Is it your peace? Is it your joy? Is it a wayward child? We just can't sit back and, you know, idly just expect it just to happen. I'm telling you right now, David, he just didn't sit around waiting for it to happen. The Bible lets us know that we must get passionate and we must go after some things in the Spirit. There's going to be a going to God and inquiring of the Lord. David got himself, and I don't understand all of this. He wasn't the priest, but he got the ephod. And he got himself into the house of God. And he began to come before God and inquire, what shall I do? Shall I go after it? And the the response was, go after it. Shall, Shall I overtake? And it says, you will overtake. And it says, you will recover everything. I want to remind you today that God is the great restorer. God is the one that can turn mourning into dancing. God is the one that can turn, what does that song say? Graves into gardens. God is the one that can turn our our seas into highways. He's the one that can turn it all around. It's not too late to recover some things today. If the people of God would understand who we are and go after it. we got to be passionate about it. If if you lost a child because of an (laughs) adoption, Wow. Abduction. If you had a a child abducted this afternoon, you'd be calling everybody. You'd be crying out for help. You'd be calling the police. You'd, You'd be calling all your neighbors. You'd be doing whatever it took to get that thing back, that child back. It's not too late to recover what was lost. Joel chapter 2 says, speaking of God in the last days, I will restore to you the years. Someone say the years. You might have something gone for a long time. The devil might have stolen something from you a mighty long time ago. But the Bible says, I'll restore to you that the years that the locust has eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, my great army that I sent among you, and you shall eat in plenty, and you shall be satisfied, and you shall praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. Hallelujah. He's the great restorer. Psalm 30 and verse 10 says, Hear, O Lord, and have mercy on me. Lord, be my helper. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth, and you have clothed me with gladness. That's what he wants to do for someone in this house today. That's what he wants to do for someone who gets passionate and says, God, I'm going to come into your presence. God, I'm going to cry out to you because I need you to turn it around in my life. Identifying something of value that's lost. Becoming passionate about recovering the thing that's lost. And then the last point I've got here today is going after it. 
going after recovering all through the power of the Spirit. Verse 18 of 1 Samuel 30 says, And David recovered, and David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives, and nothing of theirs was lacking. Nothing was lacking. Either great or small, sons or daughters, spoil or anything that had been taken from them. David recovered all. Say those three words with me. David recovered all. Let's all stand together. Say those words again. David recovered all. I'm telling you, David didn't sit back just hoping it was going to happen. He wasn't just sitting there on the lazy boy with his feet propped up wishing that something would take place. No, when he realized that something of value was taken, when something of value was stolen from him by his enemy, they got a plan together, and they said, we're going after it. We're going to be passionate about this thing. I'm telling you today, there's some people in this place. You need to go after some things in the spirit right now. Amen. There's some people in this place, and you must go after something. There's going to be some times of prayer. There needs to be some times of fasting. There needs to be some times where you, where you call on the name of the Lord. There's power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There's going to be some people. You've got to plead some blood over your kids. There's some people here today. There's some binding and loosing that the Bible talks about that we must see happen in the spirit realm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's going to happen through the power of the spirit. It's going to happen as we get into the presence of God and get that ephod on and get our praise and worship and our hands in the air. And we're going to see some things changed through the power of the Spirit. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life, your heart, or whatever situation you may be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram. And on Facebook, just search Life Church and you will find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. Now, before you go, we ask if possible from whatever platform you may be listening to us on, give us a rating or a review or even both and share this message with someone so that they can be impacted by the gospel of the love of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your support and love you all. Have a wonderful week and God bless.